Hey y'all, good morning. It's uh, Tuesday morning after big fight weekend with UFC 244. Um, lots of stuff going on. Uh, so Dr. Sethin Nitti, I think, or Nitin, I, I read his name last night. Apparently, like, his practice, he's the New York State Athletic Commission doctor that was appointed to, uh, you know, be the uh, cage side doctor for UFC 244 he was the one that made the decision to stop the fight um and apparently folks are like leaving him bad Yelp reviews and stuff like that for his own personal practice and and they're citing uh his stoppage of that event uh coincidentally that's the same doctor that uh Michael Chandler has a gripe with um that stopped his fight back in 2017. I wrote about it over at mymmanews.com. So if you want to see the details on that, um, go right ahead. Um, but, uh, you know, obviously an event called, and I'm going to curse in this because of what the, what was on the line at UFC 244. So what was on the line there was the, uh, bad motherfucker title for the UFC between Nate Diaz and Jorge Masvidal. Now, the thing about that is uh, a bad motherfucker, which they both are because they were both, if it was their way, you know, it had to go all five rounds. Someone needed to get finished. And, uh, you know, the fight the fight technically was stopped because of a third party. Um, a lot of people were disappointed with that. There was booze and stuff like that. And obviously this doctor's getting a lot of heat. Um it was actually number six of my seven takeaways for MMAnews.com that the New York State Athletic Commission sucks. And I, and they still kind of do. Uh, they're walking on eggshells because um, I think it was in 2015. And uh, I, I feel bad that I don't remember the boxer's name that suffered brain damage at Madison Square Garden and wound up, uh, you know, now he's uh, paraplegic. Inside MMA did a really good um, expose on it. Not expose, but they covered the, you know everything that happened, I mean, it was just handled poorly, so now, because of that, you know, they they feel, especially when it comes to combat sports, uh, you know, they're being watched, uh, the, the commission's being watched, so, so, you know, they're gonna do, be cautious of a lot of things that go on when it comes to making a decision to stop the fight, so, excuse me, so, that's what happened, um, so they are kinda soft, but, when you look at the cut, so comparisons to Tyson Fury's cut came up a lot with Nate Diaz and, um, uh, you know, as far as the depth and the width of it. And uh, even Dana White said it afterward. However, um, I mean, he said, it, you know, we all had the same reaction. Everybody was kind of like, what, what's going on? Nate wants to continue. The cut's not bleeding that much anymore, blah, blah, blah. However, it's it was actually worse than the Tyson Fury cut. Man, I looked up the images. Um, so... Uh, I mean, I think there was a secondary cut. You, you, if you speak with, listen to, uh, the last round podcast with Daniel Zaldivar, um, he actually spoke with Tyson Fury's cut man. And I think there was a secondary cut, but the secondary cut wasn't as big as Nate's. And, uh, so Nate had two cuts that pretty much at, you know, if he took any more damage, it would have likely, I mean, they had, can't take the risk of him losing his eye. And, um, Dana White, even backpedaled on his comparison to Tyson Fury and the the whole, you know, what's a big idea here. Um, 
you know, because uh, he saw he saw Nate after the fight backstage, and he said that the brow was almost hanging over his eye. And you know, if you have no flesh over your eye, the eye is exposed, and you know, obviously, you could lose the eye. So they had to, you know, err on the side of caution for the fighters' health. And the thing about bad motherfuckers is they don't give a damn. You know, they they've both said, "You have to kill me." you know, to beat me, and, um, I mean, yes, that's cool for comp- competition and competitive nature, but nobody wants to see that, you know, that's bad for the sport, it'd be obviously bad for them, I mean, these guys have families and lives, you know, Nate Diaz is a new father, even though he don't want people pointing that out because of, you know, of the nature of the business he makes his money in, um, so that's that, you know, and it, it, after the dust settles, everybody needs to calm down, take the result as it came um my opinion is they will likely run that back in las vegas international fight week in july um you know uh, i wrote over at sure dog because nate diaz said he already saw the writing on the wall that it's another rematch that the ufc will deny him and uh, dana white already when he was asked about having them fight again um he actually said they got other things in mind for masvidal since Masvidal is pretty much their new, you know, golden goose. Like, they had Rousey, they had McGregor, and uh, apparently Masvidal, not only is he racking up wins, but he's doing the right things, marketing himself with with his this whole, uh, you know, this whole persona that he uh, he has uh, and he puts on TV and stuff like that. So, I mean, not, not that it's fake. I mean, obviously he grew up in Miami, the backyard fights or whatever, but, you know, people like stuff like that, so... That's what we're dealing with, um, and that's what's happening. Uh, so the the stoppage is legit. I mean, w- nobody wants Nate to lose his eye. You do want him to live to fight another day, um, and that's that. So I figured uh, I'm not going to probably – we're going to have a fighter that's on the uh, UFC DC card on our Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast tonight. So I thought it deserved uh, mentioning for UFC 244, especially the main event. Obviously, there's other things that stood out in the fight. Um, uh, Kevin Lee's knockout of Gregor Gillespie and uh, Corey Anderson's uh, shutting down the Johnny Walker hype train, uh, making a case f- for himself against a uh, fight against John Jones, but that's probably going to be Reyes. I mean, who knows? John Jones has has a couple of options, I guess. Um, and uh, Derek Lewis, Derek Lewis split decision win. I kind of didn't agree with that. I thought Blagoy Ivanov won with the submission attempts and the takedowns, but I guess, uh, you know, again, it's New York. Um, I do have to say, as as the as a Northeast combat sports fan and someone that was looking forward to the ban being list, lifted in New York uh, in 2016, you know, I covered that a lot for Page 2 Sports. Uh, that's not even around anymore, so uh, I think I backed up some of the articles on Medium. But, you know, one of the things I have to say is I'm a little disappointed with, uh, you know, the, uh, the, I still stand by that number six statement on the MMA news.com seven takeaways piece. I mean, they are a little soft, the New York state athletic commission when they've come to handling things. I mean, if you look at the history of, of all the MMA events they've held, you know, and, uh, Never mind what they tax the fighters and all that stuff. I mean, it's not even financially worthwhile for them to fight there. Um, but they they kind of like 
they kind of messed up a lot. Like if you look at all the, there, there's always some weird weighing issue. I mean, look at the thing with the with the implants with Pearl Gonzalez or or, or Misha Tate. I forget who it was that 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 there was, they tried to pull her from the card for that. There was a that weird thing with Rashad Evans for UFC 205. Um, so and and the the weird decisions. I mean, you had that majority draw when Woodley. It's just it, it's it's they act like the sport just dropped in their lap and they've never seen, like it wasn't on TV for the past twenty some odd years, you know. So that's my two cents. I mean, it's it's their fourth time. The UFC's fourth time in the Garden. I still hope that more MMA comes. You know, I mean, they used to call. Madison Garden, the mecca of boxing. I mean, it, it it should be a combat sports hub again. Um, but that's that's my opinion on it. I got an, uh, an interview coming uh, to you guys too. Arlene Blenko, she is fighting this Friday, Bellator 233. She faces Leslie Smith. I interviewed her for SureDog.com. So tonight I'll be, before I record my Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast, I'll be uploading that for you guys so the next the next segment of this podcast will be that interview um she faces leslie smith and um interesting spot she's in i mean she her only two losses in bellator are to the current champion the last one was a bit controversial in her opinion she'll comment on that i'll let you guys listen but i figured um with the long-winded matthew hawkins and our guest that we have for uh tonight's podcast i don't know if we're going to get a chance to recap uh, UFC 244, and I think I do a little smoother of a recap of events since I don't try to do every single fight. Um, so that's that. I'll leave that for you guys to listen to after this. And um, I don't know if you want to chime in. Let me know what you think. I'll, I'll put it in the next episode. I'm probably going to record uh, one after. Uh, I'm trying to think what's the next big event. I'm covering the. Uh, Pro Fight League finale on New Year's Eve, as I always do. So uh, make sure you follow me on Twitter at Carbazel, and um, I I got a lot of stuff up at all the places I write. So check out uh, MMAnews.com, MyMMAnews.com, and uh, SureDog.com for uh, all the stuff I put up for regarding UFC 244 and the uh, some details on that Blinko interview will also be going to SureDog.com this week. So. Once again, thanks for listening, and uh, make sure you're following the Coast to Coast Combat Hour podcast, too. We get some good guests and prospects and fighters from all the promotions on there. All right. Thanks. All right. Uh, Arlene Blanco uh, speaking with uh, SureDog.com. Obviously, you got a fight coming Friday, Bellator 233. Um, you're facing Leslie Smith, who's uh, one tough customer. Um what do you know about? It? I mean, first of all, you're just getting you're just getting here from Australia. So, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, how's everything going with your weight cut and everything? Oh, good, good. So, no, I actually, uh, sorry, I actually just flew in from LA. So oh, okay. We landed, we landed in LA on Saturday, so I spent the weekend um, there, just yeah, getting accustomed to obviously US time and and dropping the fluid from um, the flight over. And yeah, we just actually flew from LA to Dallas, so it was a delayed flight and and whatnot. So I spent the day sort of in transit, waiting at airports and sitting in cars and traffic. But, no, um, everything is running smoothly. I'm feeling good. I'm actually, after this interview, heading downstairs to um, do a workout. Mm-hmm. Um, just do a light, you know, movement session with my, session with my coach. And, um, yeah, everything, everything's on track. So, so how, 
how do you handle coming from over there to i mean because that's the other side of the world so it's like is your energy still like it's daytime for you in your mind or um well yeah this is my ninth fight um like i think i think it's like my 12th time over here to the yeah. states so um I've, I've got a routine now um for example we landed at 6 a.m on Saturday morning and um, I literally got straight off the plane. We drove to Venice Beach and I did a 6K run and a shadow boxing session. So I get that first sweat out just to drop the fluid. And then I stay awake all that day and then just wait until obviously bedtime that night and then just try and get accustomed to that. So, yeah, we went to sleep Saturday night. I woke up at um, 6.30 yesterday morning and and then, yeah, when I got up and did my cardio again. And, yeah, so I feel, I mean, I've been here for two days and mm. I've been where sitting at 8.30 now, I'm going to do a workout and I'll get a good night's sleep. But, um, yeah, no, I think I've, I have had previously um, in the past a couple of with delayed flights and that um, just suffered a little bit with jet lag. But, um, you yeah, know, the last few I've been really good, so I can't complain. Yeah, I mean, you're uh, uh, you're facing Leslie Smith, as, as we said. She's, she's super tough, but you're, you're tough in your own right too. It seems like... Is there any indication on your end that if, if obviously if, if if you pick up a win Friday that that you're next in line for the winner of the Cyborg Bud match? Um, well, there was an indication at my end um, with my previous fight with Amanda Bell that that was meant to be a a title contention shot. So you know the winner of that was supposed to go on, but obviously that was before Cyborg was signed, and and again, um, yeah, then Leslie came into the the mix as so she, she got signed. So um yeah there is talk of it but i mean now i guess cats and garner has been signed so who really knows i just know that mm. i've got to stay on my path and keep winning my fights and um yeah focus on the fight that's in front of me which is leslie so um you know i'm not looking past that fight at the moment obviously it'd be ideal that it'd be a title contention fight but yeah at the moment my focus is purely on leslie um and that's it so getting that win first um before we talk about Leslie, one of the things that I covered the Bellator uh, doubleheader a week or two ago that was in Connecticut, and um, one of the things Coker had mentioned for plans for next year is doing a a, a women's Grand Prix. He didn't say weight weight class or anything like that, but um, would that be something you'd be interested in if it were in a weight class that you're comfortable with? Um, I definitely, um, yeah. As I said in another interview, I'll say I'm here to fight, so. Yeah, I'm interested in any fight. Um, yeah, there were there was talks and um, with my camp, but potentially maybe even looking at other weight divisions and, and seeing um, if there was possibilities there that I could maybe drop down in a lighter division and you know and fight at that. So yeah, wherever whatever options and um, you know ch- opportunities come up, uh, I'm definitely there and interested. So I, I won't rule anything out. So yeah, whatever comes ahead. I'm definitely interested. So uh, just uh, your your record, I mean, you have uh, like seven wins by knockout. You have a uh, strong, you came from boxing. Uh, I know you held titles in boxing. Um, is that the strength that you think you have over Leslie or any any other woman in the division? Um, oh, definitely. My hands um, have always done the talking. But as I've also said in the past too, I do work extremely hard in all areas of my fight game. Um, coming from a boxing background, um, you know, my wrestling wasn't the greatest to start with and it was an area that needed a lot of work and it was um, something that I put a lot of attention in. But, um, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, you always go back to what your strengths are um, and, and it will always be my hands. Um, 
so yeah, like you said before, Leslie's a, a super tough opponent. So I think, um, you know, where other girls have possibly suffered from my um, strength and powers with my hands, you know, I'm well aware that Leslie probably will keep pushing forward like she does. She's faced some very strong opponents in the past. So it's something that we've prepared ourselves for in case she does uh, wear mm. my power. But um, yeah, we'll see. Yep. Night. <laughs> yeah i'm looking forward to it uh one of the things that that when i see someone that that has a strong skill in a in in a one part of uh uh or a strong martial art you know it makes me think of uh and i, I you know fighting in bellator it's, it, it's probably something that you see a lot uh folks like uh crow cop you know like all he he imposed his striking game on his opponents just focused on like takedown defense submission defense and always kept the fight uh, you know, where he was strong. Is that yeah. something you, that you think you can do against someone? Like, Leslie seems well, well-rounded, well but she's got a lot of decision wins. And I know she's tough, and, and, and uh, you know, she might try to she might try to put you in, in places where you're uncomfortable. But, um, I mean, it looks like you've mastered uh, staying where you're comfortable. And um, is, that a, is that a fair assessment as far as, like, how you've evolved as a fighter? Oh, definitely. So, I mean, my early MMA, um, sorry, my early MMA days, um, you know, my training was focused about, you know, keeping it to my feet. So it was all about defending takedowns and, and um, working on my strengths, which was obviously standing there and boxing them. Mm-hmm. Um, and then as I sort of progressed through different camps and different coaches, um, they've evolved me into different fighters. So, um, you know, the game plan changed from, you know, primarily being a boxer to, you know, starting to add kicks in or but yeah, basically, long story short, now with my um, training camps, I'm putting difficult positions every week with my training. You know, um, there won't be a situation that I haven't been in in training that Leslie will put me in. So it's not like I'm, you know, when I when I first started MMA, I was as soon as I get to the ground, I've you know got taken down, I'd freak out and have to get back up. Whereas, you know, I am comfortable in all areas now. There's mm-hmm. no there's nowhere that I'm going to freak out. You know, if I'm pushed against a cage or on the ground or, you know, um, in any position because I've been there in training and I've, you know, it's, I guess that's just what happens once you mature as a fighter and you've, um, you know, progressed over the years. I've been doing this for a few years now, so it's, it's not like my early days anymore. And they keep calling me a pioneer of this, like, um, women's MMA, which, um, yeah, I guess, you know, coming into my 20th professional fight, I have to kind of take, adopt that name. Yeah. Well, yeah, sure. I mean, it's, it's definitely like, uh, something to be, uh, like, it's like a respectful term, um, for somebody especially it's kind of acknowledging too that you're that you're getting well-rounded yourself especially for mma um one thing i wanted to ask you i mean when i first saw you uh uh come over to bellator was your your nickname uh, uh anger fist is, do you get angry <laughs> to get ready for the fights or is it just because of the power or where the name come from um yeah it sort of just came about i guess from the back um, the boxing background mm. but yeah um i don't get angry for my fights <laughs> it's funny um Yes, some some fights I walk out to music that'll pump me up and get me going. Other fights is um, super mellow music. It's yeah, I don't need to be um, you know angry or aggressive going into fights. Um, I, I say to other people, you know, I could be sitting here right now next to Leslie and have a conversation with her, but then step into the cage on Friday night and tear her head off. But it's not out of aggression. It's purely sport. Um, yeah, so I think there is a bit of a, a kill instinct that comes across. I mean, looking at my last fight. You know, the reaction where I, I punched Amanda and she then dropped to the ground, then it was sort of, you know, in and killed. There were bad intentions um, with my punches. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but again out of a like purely a sporting sense like it wasn't you know yeah as soon as the fight was over we hugged and you know I thanked her for the fight so it's an aggression um oh it wouldn't be so much as an anger I guess yeah, <laughs> yeah it's a, I, I did think of changing my fight name there a little while ago um marketing like anger fist um doesn't appeal to a lot of people in a sense and yeah it doesn't really um I guess describe me but I've had it for this long now there's no point in changing it it would be too hard to remarket and and have people know my name everyone knows me now as the Aussie girl anger fist so that's my fight name yeah no definitely keep it I like anger fist I think it's cool actually um so uh the one thing about uh I had asked you about Bud and Cyborg um would you? I know you have history with Bud, but do you have a preference if if you do get the chance to face him? I mean, would you would you prefer one over the other? Um, no. It's, yeah, I mean, ideally, I want to I want to fight both of them. I want to fight Julia again and avenge that controversial loss um, from the title. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, because yeah, there's unfinished business there. And yeah, Cyborg's always been the fight. And you know, as I've said before, back when. Ronda Rousey was in her prime. Everybody used to say to me, when are you going to fight Ronda Rousey? But for me, it was never that fight. It was always, when am I going to fight Cyborg? Because she was the girl that was in my division. And, and yeah, the fact that she's a striker and a dominant striker and aggressive and, yeah, it just excites me, the thought of fighting her. But, yeah, so to be, to be fair, um, whoever wins that title doesn't really worry me. I hope the girls put on a good show, um, which no doubt they will. And I hope that I'm the next one in line to fight for it. So, but yeah, as I said before, at the moment I'm just focusing on this Friday, and we'll see what next year brings. All right, cool. Well, uh, it is this Friday, and we're talking on the Monday of the same week. So, thank you so much for taking the time to talk so close to the fight. I really do appreciate it. Uh, it's on the Paramount Network Friday at nine o'clock Eastern time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, that's a uh, that's uh like four days away. I mean, I, I I think it's I'm always amazed by fighters that that are still willing to do interviews so close to when their fight is. I know you got to work out to get to. <laughs> I would have done a fight, an interview come fight day. I'm just I guess it comes from being a mum. You kind of like yeah, I'll be cutting weight in the same um same frame. Mine, I'll be calling my kids back at home, making sure that they took their gear to school <laughs> or yeah this and that. So I guess yeah, you've got to be willing to um. And at the end of the day, if there weren't fans that were watching this sport or interested in the sport or mm-hmm. um, interested in me, um, then, yeah, there they wouldn't be this sport either. So got to keep the fans happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Uh, do you, I mean, if you want to shout out any sponsors or anything before we, we close out the interview, by yeah, all means, definitely. go ahead. Muscle Bros. Um, so <laughs> my main sponsor, Muscle Bros, AH Glass Fencing, um, sparkling white smile castle hill millionaire gym wear and june gear are my um, five main financial sponsors so again thank you for um all your help guys all right cool arlene blanco uh faces leslie smith fr- friday night bellator 233 make sure you tune in paramount network thanks again arlene thank enjoy you. your workout thank Bye-bye. you bye <laughs>